Welcome to Fiery Discourse, your podcast and media featuring dragonesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar soarings and scalies. I'm your host, Lid Melanon, and with me are my co-hosts, Angron, Stryker, Lucky Evie, Jordan, and our new ho- and our new co-host, uh, you, me. Uh, today is our 41st episode, and we're discussing 1995's Bamboo Bears episode, Bamboo Bears. So, let's get things started. Now, when we start these episodes, I usually like to give a brief uh, overview about the topic that we discuss. I cannot do that this week, because this is, by far and without a doubt, the most obscure uh, thing we have ever talked about on this podcast to date. There is almost zero information for it online. The Wikipedia page for this uh, cartoon is literally only three sentences long, and information on any other website is extremely, extremely scarce. What I basically could glean from as many websites as I could is that this was a German-French co-production, and it was animated by the studio S.E.K. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it's because S.E.K. did the Italian Titanic movies, the one with the giant octopus, not the one with the rapping dog. In Uh. fact, I have to make that distinction. uh, says a lot about us. Indeed. (laughs) But the more interesting thing about S.E.K. is that they were based at a Pyongyang which basically means that this cartoon was animated at least partially in North Korea, which yep. is very, very interesting. The very I, I same North Korea. Yes, yes, that one. And this is probably going to be the only North Korean thing we cover on the podcast because we are never doing an episode on Paul Gasari. Thank you very much. Oh, dear. But, but yeah, uh, the thing that's interesting is I kind of want to make a list of all the countries that we're eventually going to cover on this podcast. It'd be fun to see how many like obscure nations we can get on this thing. Could mm. we find Dragonus-related uh, content in Sierra Leone or Angola? Or the Australia. You never know. Well, Australia might be a little easier, but yeah. Uh, that'd <laughs> be interesting. But anyway. Antarctica. Uh, you want to know what's actually going to be harder? <laughs> what? Antarctica. Oh, yeah. That, that's, oh, okay, that's one that we probably would have to scratch off the list. Well, you never know. You never know. There's some bored... Uh, Research scientists might decide to uh, make something dragonous related, and then we'll talk about it. Oh, no. So if you are a, so if you are a uh, member of a research station uh, and you are in, currently in Antarctica, feel free to make a dragonous or female dinosaur-based uh, media piece, and we'll review it. Honestly, yeah, I, hope this podca- to- I hope this podcast reaches Antarctica, because that, that would be, be kind of funny if someone's in hilarious. Antarctica listening and is like, oh, hey, I could probably do that and just make something out of the blue from Antarctica. Well, maybe one day, maybe one day. Maybe one day, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, getting back to uh, Bamboo Bears, the episode that we're talking about is the first episode, and the opening credits of uh, cartoons that have... Uh, Relatively cheaper budgets are typically the best animated part, but not in this case, because already right off the bat, there's a lot of animation errors, because right from the get-go, you see the butterflies are very crudely layered on top of the other animals. Now, the theme song itself is pretty good. It has a decent enough tune. I couldn't remember any of the lyrics, of course, but, you know, uh, it still is. It's pleasant enough. The same uh, layering er- the same uh, layering error basically occurs with I.I. and the bamboo bears flying. They're layered on top of the background, 
So you really show uh, they stand out from it. They don't feel like they're actually in the location. It feels kind of like what happened a little bit last time where the cells are basically placed uh, in an incorrect uh, area. It doesn't feel the same. But yeah. Uh, also, the interesting thing to note is that the version of the show I watch, it actually glitches out at the end of the theme song and it has like a VHS encoding errors. Now, I need to mention, this was from the official Bamboo Bears YouTube channel. So, the official uh, company of whoever made this show and that basically cared so little about it that they actually kept the encoding errors. So, yeah, yeah, that is not a good sign for how well-remembered this cartoon is. Indeed. (laughs) Yeah, the uh, show proper begins in the jungle as we follow two red pandas. The older of the two is pretty much almost identical to the grand uh, to the grandfather mouse from that Italian Titanic movie they did, and the thing that's the thing uh, that is here, and again, it might not be their fault. The voice acting is extremely stilted, and it has very very weird pauses. Like in the middle of sentences, they just stop talking, and then for like they wait like two seconds, and then they finish their sentence. It's something that sounds extremely awkward, and. Again, it might be like a bad dub in that. I don't know how the original version was, like the original like French and German. It probably flowed or a little bit better. Maybe Korean, who knows? Or, or maybe Korean, true, true. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, also because of this, the lip sync is really off at times. This is probably the worst part of the episode is this opening thing because the lip sync is very noticeably off. Like and the the voice actors are trying to get the lips to match what they're saying. But it really is not working. You can tell that this show did not have that kind of budget to actually try and, you know, get proper scripts where they could actually fit the voice acting. Mm, Yeah, yeah, the older red panda, he tells the younger, whose name is Bamboo Lee, that the reason that all the bamboo tastes weird is because it's flowering and seeding simultaneously. And then we get probably the weirdest line of dialogue because the older panda says that they have to move away, but then the older of the two says, oh, I'm too old, I can't move away. Which, I mean, that makes no sense. It's like, oh, we gotta leave, but oh, I'm too old, I can't leave. It's like, okay. Kind of, for the I, most I know what part. I they're saying, but it definitely, it, it might have been it a definitely comes off air, weird. like a translation. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, I the, the grandpa's name is Grandpa Lee. So uh, thanks, thanks. I Grandpa Lee. Oh, <laughs> oh god. I uh, yeah. I'm gonna say this right now. I did not remember any of the characters' names enough to I put did, them in my notes. Unfortunately. All right. All good. All good. But yeah. Uh, basically, the uh, older red panda gives Bamboo Lee his safari hat, and then we get to see Bamboo Lee going out into the world, and then he instantly falls into a pit trap. Sadly, that pit trap was not dug by Team Rocket to try and catch <laughs> Atch and Pikachu. That would wrong be country. a way better show if it was. Yeah, yeah wrong way, country. Way, way, way better show if it was, though. But yeah, basically, uh, <laughs> but yeah, basically uh, we get a, an unintentionally funny part in this where we hear his pretty bizarre screams are hilarious. And <laughs> the show is, I don't want to say it, it's not a good show by any stretch of the imaginations it has some elements that definitely can be salvaged and yeah it has some good moments but as a whole this is not a good show it is a good show like if you have a bunch of friends over and you want to laugh at something that's like a really weird cartoon it's pretty good for that i think 
But anyway, uh, Bamboo Lee is then rescued by a female mouse, and she said that vultures Darlene. don't fit. Yeah, okay. So, is there, what's her name? Darlene, or Darlene, Dar- whichever, Darlene, honestly. Okay. Uh, Dar- I'll call it Darlene. Okay. There are okay. all Asian jokes with these names for some reason. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's yeah. a weird thing, too, and that they, they go in that direction. But yeah, uh, Bamboo Lee is rescued by uh, Darlene, and she says that vultures dug the pit. I'd like to think they were the vultures in the Jungle Book, but unfortunately, but we are not. Oh, yeah, the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What are we going to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, getting back to this. Uh, basically, the two of them argue, but it's so weird because they're animated with gigantic smiles on their face while they're having like a very intense like argument, which it, again, it feels so off. It's like, they, they probably weren't meant to have an argument in this part, but for some reason, whoever dubbed this cartoon thought it would probably fit the story better without realizing that it doesn't match the animation at all. Because, you know, they're basically yelling at each other, but they have huge grins on their faces, which makes them kind of look psychotic, not going to lie. Eh. But yeah. But yeah, the mouse is... Ba- uh, Darlene, I'm sorry. She's basically reduced to eating grubs as she's running out of food. And then we get to see a giant panda also arrive who complains about the lack of food. What's his name? Lowly. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah, yeah. no wonder I didn't write down these names. They they are (laughs) Asian puns. They're not too bad, but... eh. They're they're bad. They honestly feel mismatched a little bit. I mean, Bambooly kind of works for, uh, well, Bambooly and Darlene, not Darlene or Dali. It's Darlene. I, I Dali, honestly thought Dali. her name was like Dolly, as in like the Dalai Lama, which yeah, like would have been Dali, a yeah. little funny, but no, it's Darlene. Yeah. But slowly, he's not really slow, he's just hungry, which, okay. He's a pan yeah, that he's fat, I guess. That, that's it, that's it, and that's yeah. the one joke they do. He's fat because he likes to eat. <laughs> he's also, they're also bottomless, which... Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. And then, uh, okay. And basically, uh, slowly, oh, God, these names. Slowly <laughs> then befriends Bamboo Lee. And then we get to see a group of three rats who look exactly like mice. So I don't know why they did that. No they idea. Eat, and they're apparently poachers. The smallest of the three rats basically runs around and is extremely annoying, which makes it very carthatic when the other two trip him and tell him to shut up. And yeah. by the way, this show was very creative with its uh, character names. Is in the credits that they're, they're li- these three characters are literally credited as Rat Number One, Rat Number Two, and Rat Number Three. Yeah. So, they literally call each other by their number as well. Yeah, yeah, that too, that too, and it it really shows the how creative the writers were with this show. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, Dar Lee basically goes to Morn Bamboo Lee and. Sorry, sorry. And uh, slowly, before the rat poachers uh, get them, and they actually leave in. Uh, one of the voice actors has a really flubbed line delivery because one of the rats basically stumbles over his sentence and makes it incomprehensible, and they just left it in. The, the <laughs> way this show feels is that it was done. Let's do it as cheap as possible. Hence, why they got North Korea to do the animation, and let's do the dubbing as quick as possible and pump it out so we can get syndication rights. Honestly, I don't know how successful they were in that, but we will see. This honestly feels like that one scene from like the this freaking Nutcracker uh, point and click game that Game Grumps uh, did at one point, and like there's this one moment where like. 
this where this one character called the Baron, who's literally just a jack in a box goblin little thing, like kidnaps uh, kidnaps Nina, who's been turned into a doll, and like you're with two freaking nutcrackers, like one of them's a nutcracker and the other guy is like a sergeant or something like that, who's like Nina's wife, and like uh, nutcracker's like, oh hey look, the Baron took Nina, and the colonel guy's like, I didn't go through this. I didn't suffer the spoils of war only to lose Nina. Like, <laughs> a lack yeah, exactly, of emotion. Like, that part of itself wasn't exactly funny, but, like, the, like, the, the Game Grunt's reaction to that was just, like, just yeah, shows just how, <laughs> yeah, how much no, effort no, was put into that. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. But, yeah, basically, uh, uh, right, we got it. Uh, the, uh, Darley and uh, Bamboo Lee get away, and the poachers are after uh, slowly. And the biggest animation of this entire show occurs when the edge of the frame is actually visible. When, like, slowly is standing there, you actually see a strip of white, like, where it should not be. Th- yeah. This is, like, wacky. I don't know if you guys remember that uh, Rocco's Modern Life episode, Wacky Deli. This is basically <laughs> Wacky Deli, but without the whole without the uh, surrealism of it in terms of animation. Because it reminds me of that one part in Wacky Deli where the camera pans down the pencil and the eraser. It feels exactly like that. Yeah. Honestly, I've only seen, like, two episodes of that show, Leapfrogs and Bedfellows. Yeah. But yeah, don't Wacky Deli. Oh, that one. Yes. But yeah, Wacky Deli's an absolute classic, and it definitely reminded me of this show in more ways than one. So anyway, the rats then attempt to catch uh, Darlene and Bamboo Lee, but then they all stop, stare in shock uh, at something in the sky, and it turns out to be I.I. the Dragoness, she, who is easily the best part of this show, and probably the only really tolerable thing. I.I., mm. uh, her design is really unique. Uh, she wears a pilot cap with a red scarf and has blonde hair, which is definitely, uh, like I said, unique because most dragonesses do not have hair at all. So to see one like this, uh, it makes her stand out a lot more. She there has a few scales. Yeah, yeah. So sorry. sorry, go ahead. There are a few exceptions to that rule. Also, it honestly makes me think that at some point, instead of like Amelia Earhart, quote unquote, going missing or crashing, uh, I it ultimately like resu- I, I honestly imagine, like, uh, Amelia Earhart ended up becoming a dragoness at some point. That would be an awesome story idea. That would be really, a very really interesting would. theory. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Amelia Earhart... Oh my gosh, I just realized something. What? I, I, like, her, like both I, I, and Amelia sound like I have the same first syllable of their of their names. So, like, imagine, like, oh, Amelia can- Earhart got freaking freaking amnesia somehow became a dragoness by another character we'll get to in a bit and is it, it's basically just amelia Earhart, but with amnesia but she's okay with that <laughs> i think we're putting a way more thought into this than the writers of this show ever honestly, did. honestly it yes. might have been a joke yes. yeah, uh, yeah like yeah. i said uh, her pink scales and her purple wings are also really unique her bottom heavy shape, of course, is very appreciated because that yes. is my favorite body type for a dragoness. Indeed. And she also definitely has the best voice actress of this show because her British actress is very um, nice to the ears. I did yeah. not see who voiced her because I looked in the credits and I could not see. I tried mm. looking up online, but again, no information on who actually voiced who. 
and so did. pretty hard. I mean, yeah. I, I then uh, lands, which startles the rats away, and the size difference between I, I and the others, it only makes her more visually appealing that she's just so huge, perky. shall we say? Yeah, she's so perky. She's so yeah, huge, Yeah, that's too. her, that's her. And, but like I say, there, it, then uh, we get to see uh, I, I, and, you know, laugh, and then they reuse the same animation a couple of seconds later, and then you're, like, brought back to the realization that, oh, yeah, this is a really, really cheap show. And, again, I'm not blaming the animators for this because, again, this is from North Korea. What kind of resources do you think they have there to do, you know, animation? Probably not much, but it turns out... Hold on a second. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, what happens is... Uh, the others want to fight uh, her, but I.I. decides to bring her them uh, all to her master. There's another nice uh, musical number when I.I. flies through the sky, and uh, we get to see... It's actually pretty nice, you know. The best animation of the show happens in this little montage when I.I. flies around in circles. and But then we get her taking them through various locations, again, with reused animation, and what happens with definitely a lot of padding... There is an intentional joke that is kind of funny, though, when the screen basically shakes, and that is something that it really, really works out, and it definitely was probably the only intentional joke of the show that actually lands for me, because I kind of, I have a soft spot for fourth wall break and stuff like that. Wait, how did it shake again? Well, when she lands, the screen actually shakes with her, which it might have been unintentional, it might have been just like another VHS error. But for me, I think that it, if it was intentional, it is really, really funny. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. But then uh, the trio then enter the cavern that she took them to to find an elderly. I couldn't tell what animal he was. I think he's a bat, but I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, so, the tree. Uh, yeah. yeah it also gets a, there's also a song that happens when they fly up there. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I, I said about that. I said about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. No, yeah. Sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. No, no, no. No problem. No problem. But yeah, uh, basically, the trio tell the old bat about the poachers, and they're wondering if they actually saw a dragoness, even though they clearly did. It's like, well, no, dragons don't exist. Well, well you just saw one. What was that that took them away? You know? But anyway, uh, the elderly bat then tells them about the dangers that the rats pose in the, in the environment. And it turns out that the rats run a major corporation inventively titled Ratco that causes pollution. So now we're in Captain Planet all of a sudden. And Inspector Gadget because their That's boss is Mr. basically Rat just yeah. gangster Dr. Claw and that we yeah, never see his face. Dr. Claw as a rat, yeah. And the bat checks on his high-tech computer... That looks like it came <laughs> from like 1967 or something, like one of those like old old style computers to find out about the evil leader Mr. Rattoni and I cannot confirm or deny it would be an amazing twist if it turns out Mr. Rattoni is the evil gangster ra gangster rat from the uh, Italian Titanic movie. That would be insane oh, if they God. actually decided to just oh, reuse the same character in it. Oh yeah, yeah that yeah. honestly would be pretty cool. Pretty wild. Sadly, thankfully, we did not get to see Pingo or the uh, talking screwdriver, which if you've seen the uh, second Italian Titanic movie that S.E.K. did, you will know why that is a good thing. Good. But anyway, 
basically uh, he calls the poachers to berate them about not going with their plans, and they try to tell him about I.I. in a conversation that I could not just make out. The audio mixing on this conversation is just really, really terrible. Long and short of it, as I can understand it, is that he gives them a uh, backpack that's basically a uh, computer phone sort of thing, like a, a televised phone, as it were. And basically, uh, and basically, uh, I, I, it, that's basically the backpack I, I has. And they're also given a magic stick, which they can toss in the air and have I, I come to their aid because apparently Amelia Earhart is a portable dragon now. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to bring that up because, uh, what happens is that the, uh, basically, uh, the trio then decide to help out the old bat fight Ratko. Instantly, nice. no hesitation. They're like, you know, it, it reminds me of like uh, in SpongeBob, you know, who wants to save the world? I do. I do. I do. I don't. Oh, yes, you do. No world needs no money. Save the world or you're fired. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like that yeah. level of just like, okay, we'll do it. Why not? But uh, yeah, yeah, it's honestly hilarious. But then, uh, yeah, we see I.I. Uh, she goes to help out the older red panda to find him a better home. He's trying to fish in a, he's trying to fish in a stream, but he's not doing a very good job of it. I.I. actually gets some pretty good sarcasm in when the panda freaks out about her. And there's something just about the way that she so matter-of-factly says that I'm a pink dragon and I'm not here to eat you. It's just like she says it like it's the most normal thing in the world that, again, it feels like an intentional joke and it's one that lands. Hence another yeah. reason why I.I. is the best character. And yeah, to be honest also, with you, she probably could have been the main character and it would have been a lot more interesting. Probably, like have, yeah. Like, my mystical creatures trying to catalog like actual endangered yeah. creatures of our world. I don't know. There's something you could do with that that would have made a lot more sense than the show we got. But yeah, again, it also, yeah, it's all it's very interesting. Like, uh. Oh shit! I had a th I had a thought on that, but I lost it. But another thing I was reminded of is that in the same scene, like he legit says a few lines that make it sound like he was legit about to take a dump or something. Which oh god, oh my oh, gosh, god, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it, it didn't uh, happen. But it. But they yes. really, they really scurred the line with that yeah, with, on yeah, the dump. Thank you very thank much. God, oh. Thank God, man. Thank God, oh, thank God, and th this would be the kind of show that would do that. But yeah, I uh, I basically tells him that the area near her cavern is much better, and about uh bam and about the bamboo lee and the other bamboo bears mission. Even though even though Dar Lee is not a bear technically, but you know semantics. Uh, she then uses her tail to spear some fish for the red panda, but then decides he doesn't need it. And then we get an incredibly weird little uh, part here, in that. The fish somehow talks in an extremely deep voice as she sits off to the cavern. But but it's like the fish clearly wasn't animated to talk. So whoever dubbed this decided that, you know what? This random fish he's holding in his hands and flopping, we should make it talk for some reason. Yeah. So yeah, more more genius ideas from the uh, factory here. Indeed. But yeah, the bat then shows... Uh, the, she then shows the trio how basically everything works with their mission, which sets up the rest of the series. And most of the rest of the episodes that I saw on their YouTube page, and I basically uh, glanced over because they they do not get any better animation quality-wise or story-wise. 
most every other episode of Bamboo Bears is the team and is the team basically encountering some kind of endangered animal and they rescue them from some kind of harm from the three uh, rat poachers and Ratco in general. So it basically is the same concept dragged out for 25 episodes, but thankfully this one was not that. The bat then uh, gives them oh, the bat then gives them a magical cane that basically summons I.I. at any moment that they want. And yeah, now what happens and then uh, what happens is that they all he also gives her a saddle so that she can have them ride on her as they take off to further adventures. And her having a saddle just reminds me of Yoshi. Uh, yeah, she's ba- she's basically uh, <laughs> pink Yoshi. dragon Yoshi. Yeah, basically. She and also yeah, reminds me about Dragon Tales. Not gonna lie, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see it. Although Dragon Tales is a much much better show than this. Oh even, even yeah. By, like even like animation, characterization, and everything. Even that is a much much better show than this. But yeah, basically the uh, they all hop on I uh, I saddle on her back and they ride off into many further adventures, which consisted mostly of 25 episodes before it fell into complete obscurity. Before this podcast, and, you know, I did research on finding out female dragonesses in various forms of media, I have never heard of this show, seen anything of this show, ever. This is, like, uh, one of those things that it feels like it shouldn't exist. Like, this should exist in some alternate, backwards, nightmarish dimension where this is the highest rating cartoon of all time, and SpongeBob only lasted for like five episodes. You know, this feels like like the movie The Incredibly Strange Creatures Who Stopped Living and Became Mixed Up Mixed Up Zombies, which is a very weird comparison, I know, but it has that same element of wrongness to it. It feels like this shouldn't exist. Like, how did this get made? Who agreed to this? Who signed off on this? You know, it, it just, it's so many unanswered questions. And the fact that it's so obscure and it just only makes it even more mysterious, which adds to like its wrongness factor. You know, it's like if we had at least like uh, interviews of people who did this, like information on the companies that, you know, greenlit this and, you know, the actors. But no, this really feels like it came from some kind of an alternate dimension of sorts. But yeah, this definitely is the most obscure thing we will cover on the podcast probably for a long, long time. And as I said earlier, overall, my opinion on Bamboo Bears is it's just very awkward. It's not a good show by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, listen to this way. If the official company that released it on YouTube couldn't be bothered to get it, to get like the best version of the show that they could, I mean, that tells you a lot right there. It is... I, I can't say it's a negative loss to watch it, though. It's something that you watch, like, almost like a train wreck or something, like, just to see how bizarre it could get and how just wrong it could be in a way. And again, there are some good moments. I, I herself is a fantastic character, and mm. she deserved a way better show. Way Agreed. better. Like, she deserved to actually be the star of this show, to be honest. I mean, like I said earlier with my idea with the bamboo bears and... You know, with the, her being a mythical creature that has to basically catalog, you know, other kind of creatures and that. But I feel like this, it just is, it exists. Let's do it this way. This is a thing that it exists, it's inexplicable, and it's not even very memorable. But once you watch it, it's something that will never really leave your head. And that's how I feel about it. 
Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll personally admit, like, I've seen way worse, and this honestly has a bunch of, like, harmless stuff to it that I can't really say, that I can't really say is all that offensive to me personally, but I will admit that at certain times it can feel a little odd. It, it, it's not, it's not too bad by any stretch of the imagination, but... I will admit that it's a little basic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely, like I said, it feels like a show that they didn't really put much thought, much care, much effort into. It's like, okay, we did our 26 episodes. Let's go out to eat, you know? And that was yeah. like, that's it. We wash our hands of this. It's good. Because, we got it. Yeah, and again, like Lunch. I say, SEK is an animation studio that... Again, they animate a lot of things, and most of the things they animate, and probably the best-known ones are the Italian Titanic movies with the dog face octopus, which, oh, uh, again, are very bizarre experiences. This show, it's not as strange as those movies. It just has a feeling of, again, like wrongness to it, in a way. But yep, saying yeah. that, we are going to go from uh, one obscure cartoon to another where we get to the question of the week, which is, uh, what is the most obscure cartoon that you remember watching? Now, I'll go first. And again, because, you know, I grew up watching like a Cartoon Network Spain and that there's a show that aired over here. And I don't know if it ever aired in the States or anything like that. It's called Cutlass. It, ba- it aired right after Ed, Ed and Eddie, like almost every day. What it was, was it was a series of like uh, parodies of different types of movies reenacted by Stickman. Cutlass was always the main character and he always had like a female companion and every single character were stick were faceless stick figures. And there's also one other thing about Cutlass that is very, very interesting to note. It was violent. Like in the first episode with the Western, like the sheriff gets shot, he falls down and a pool of blood forms around him. And again, this is done with like the most simplistic art style possible. And it's done with like the voice acting too. It's almost done like a silent show in a way in some parts. But it is so, it, a show that's just so surreal. And the fact that they are in a children's network was definitely something else. But yeah, it was called, uh, I think the full title was Los Buenos de Cutras. And yeah, it's spelled C-U-T-T-L-A-S. And it can be found on YouTube actually, and I highly recommend it just to see the uh, the animation styles and that. And yeah, it definitely was a show that again it aired right after Ed, Ed and Eddie. So occasionally I'd accidentally watch it, and as a kid, I'd have no idea what was going on. It felt like I shouldn't even be watching this thing. But yeah, it's definitely it was an experience, and it's a show that it's not a bad show by any stretch of the imagination. It's actually very very good. It's very clever. Mm. It's very creative. It has a lot of inventiveness with how they do the different scenarios and that. But just the fact that they actually went through with airing something like that. And for a while, it was very obscure. You know, I could find like almost no information, no videos on it or anything. Now that's changed, thankfully. But as a kid, like randomly watching Cartoon Network, you know, watching Ed and Eddie, watching Powerpuff Girls, watching Dexter, watching Courage, and then this, you know, stick figure show basically play on TV that parodied a different genre every episode. It was incredibly violent. For that to come up, it felt like like you hallucinated it. Like, was this a real television show or was it something I made up? And then when I found it on YouTube, you have that 
sensation. I think everybody's had that sensation at least once where they watch something on TV and it's like, oh, that did exist. I didn't make it up. That was my experience with uh, seeing Cutlass again. Mm. Indeed. Yeah, it, and that's going to be my pick is uh, Los, Los Buenos de Cutlass, or you know, Cutlass, as it probably would be easier to find. Uh, I'll post a link to it uh, later on in the uh, channel, but for now, yeah, that's going to be uh, my pick. Angra, what would you have to say? Okay, so this is gonna be a little tricky because there are two cartoons that ultimately come to mind that not a lot of people talk about, or and if they do, it's very rare and nobody really remembers it or have never even heard of it. But, uh, but. These don't just barely count, in my opinion, because I'm sure there are people out there who have heard of it. But for now, first uh, now, the first one uh, is honestly one that not a lot of people talk about since it's uh, since it was a show made by a very well-known animator, Janet Tartakovsky, and no, and. I remember the show a lot. I saw it recently, and it was very interesting. And to this day, it has never gotten a, gotten a continuation. Period. Stim Bionic Titan. I don't know if any of you remember that, but it is a very it's very much worth your time. It's got its odd moments, but I do admit that I very much enjoy the show a lot. Uh, I also. Another show is, believe it or not, based off a comic made by the same people who, uh, or made by the same uh, comic company who made Invincible, oddly enough. Ooh, uh, Super Dinosaur. Uh, they made a cartoon of this, and overall, I had my fun with it. It's a little basic, but I will admit that it's very it's got it's very it's got its enjoyable moments like the update designs here are much better in my opinion than uh, the comic hot if anyone here feels that's a hot take then okay but yeah that's my thought I'm on now Symbiotic Titan you can easily watch again but Super Dinosaur is a little trickier to nail down. So for that reason, I'm going to pick Super Dinosaur because yeah, it's a great show and a lot and honestly, it needs a little more uh notoriety since like it's pretty much suffered more or less the same fate as uh Symbionic Titan, but at least it had some but at least it had some of a uh quote-unquote resolution. Uh, compared to that. I see. But yeah, like I said, um, I haven't heard of uh, either show. I think Symbiotic Titan, I've heard of it, but it was a little after my time, and I didn't really get a chance to see it. A little bit. But yeah, like I said, uh, they definitely sound really good, and it's good that when a show like that from obscurity can always be saved a little bit like that, that that is always good, you know? It's a good feeling. That's why I think you have so many people, like with lost media and that, looking for things that you know, that they remember, but they can't find anywhere. Because yeah. I think we all have that innate desire, I guess would be the right word, to, like, make sure that the things we remember are what they remember. 
if that makes any sense. Yeah. Man, there are just so many things that, like, are so, are, are like, you can, like, you remember them, but for the life of you, you cannot remember them. Like, I mean, there's, I mean, there's probably stuff like, like, there's stuff that you can still find, like, Cyber Chase, Symbiotic Titan again, and uh, this other weird show that I used to watch that was based, that basically felt like, uh, that was basically a mix of live action and uh, computer animation, more or less, that that felt like Halo, sort of. But, yeah, uh. Uh, but yeah, there are, there are a bunch of others out there that you have never heard of, and it's a real shame. Like, like I I know a lot of people have probably never heard of the '90s Felix the Cat, Cat cartoon, trippy as it was. But yeah, yeah, I definitely can see that. Like I say, uh, yeah, like I say, uh, both those shows sound really interesting. I'm definitely gonna check out that second one you mentioned, the uh, Dinosaur Land thing. Yeah, sounds, super dinosaur. Super dinosaur. Sorry, sorry. But yeah, that yeah. sounds really interesting. <clears throat> yep. All right. Okay. And uh, Striker, what would you have to say is the most obscure or like rarest cartoon that you remember seeing, either as a kid or as an adult? Well, when you mentioned um, like when you found out about uh, Cutlass, like, oh hey, I I didn't make this up, you know, I I. This actually did exist. Um, I think uh, I think that would have to be this one show, uh, Monster Buster Club, for me. I, I barely, I barely Same remember here. anything about it, but it's from the same creators of Code Lyoko. Oh, oh, oh Code Lyoko! That's another I, I show. Remember, I remember that show. That show I do remember airing. I. Never really got into it, but I do remember that the animation definitely was neat. Yeah, so, yeah like animation was neat for. I just, uh, while I, you know, just one day I was thinking like, there was one show I remember. I can't, re- and I, like I couldn't remember its name. And then I looked it up, and it's like this wasn't a fever dream. Yeah, and just, I, I remember a lot of the episodes uh, very vividly, of course, but like. Uh, yeah i remember code lyoko man oh i need to go back and like there are a lot of things i need to just go back and just watch all the way through again ben 10 oh dang liberty's kids that's another obscure one that's another good one actually liberty's kids yeah i didn't hate it all things considered that was a show that i watched when i was a kid too and that was like religiously but no, that my yeah. choice would be Monster Buster Club because, like, uh, it, it just for some reason, uh, Lud yeah. had to remind me about a, a, a remind me of that like eureka moments that I had. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Like I say, I'm glad I could jog your memory like that. And like I say, uh, I think I remember something about Liberty Kids. I remember reading they had like an insane amount of uh, guest stars in that show. That that was that's what the show was called. Zix. Liberty's kids. Oh, yeah. Zix. Hmm. Yeah, that's a. That, I honestly might need to change my answer to Zix because I remember seeing this. I know nothing. I know nothing about the people who made it, but I know that like the three D animation reminded me a bit of Halo at one point. But 
Yeah, I remember seeing this show alongside another possibly obscure show, Dragon Hunter. But unlike that, this this only got like 13 episodes. And oh wait, no, never mind. That's technically three seasons, but that's it. Uh, well, I mean, that is a lot better than some other shows. I definitely, I get where you're coming from, though. You know. Yeah, it's very obscure, and honestly, I want to go back and honestly finish that. Hey, I don't blame you. I don't blame you, you know, especially, excuse me, especially, like I say, when you find shows like that and you find that there's so much more than what you remember, like, sometimes what you do is you only remember, like, one specific episode. Like, in my example with Cut Glass, I only remember the, you know, Cowboy Western episode, but there was a whole like other set of them that I didn't get to see. So it's always like a, a treat in a way. It's like when you find out that there was more than what you remember, like so much more, I think oh, it yes. definitely uh, ties into it. Oh, so, uh, so uh, Jordan, what would you have to say? Uh, I don't have a review. I kind of fell asleep listening to this. So I what we said is, uh, uh, okay. Uh, what would you say is the most obscure cartoon that you remember watching? Oh boy. Um good lord. I guess that would probably an old one. It would probably be Dark Pirates, I guess. It I wouldn't say it's obscure, but I think it's something that maybe we should try and look at. But I it, I think it's pretty cool for me to watch. Oh yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's got something to do with reptiles and dragons. Oh, definitely. I have seen. seen it's called the Dark Waters of uh, Dark Water. It's a pirate series. Pirates of Dark Waters, right? Pirates of Dark yep. Water. Right. Yep. Nice, nice. So yeah, uh, that's a sorry about that. No, that's a really good option. And uh, Lucky Evie, what would you have to say? I didn't really watch any obscure shows. I I watched like stuff everyone else usually would. Uh, nice, but nothing what like. The, uh, what about the uh, those weird unofficial quote unquote Pokemon uh, stuff from I the, guess, the, the I educational stuff? Oh yeah, the uh, learning league stuff. So yeah, like with that. So like this was that that like a educational Pokemon knockoff. Yeah, no, remember it wasn't a knockoff. It was it was officially like licensed. Oh right, right. Yeah, I remember. Officially that. I remember licensed, that. but nobody other than you and us technically recently know about it. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. You you sure that to us? I what mean, I mean, whoever makes the Wikipedia article clearly saw them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, like I said, uh. What that show basically entails is it's an educational uh, show that basically teaches, you know, various topics and that using Pokemon characters and that. And it has some of the cheapest Flash animation that you will ever see. And the fact that uh, Game Freak and the Pokemon company actually signed off on it is absolutely incredible. Mm. And you can tell that they didn't have that much of a budget because some of the voice actors are okay. Some of the others are a little off from what they should sound like. And yeah, yeah, I remember you showed that to us. That is definitely an obscure show because not a lot of people know about that. And it definitely is a weird one. Let's say it that way. It's definitely like a, not as weird as something like, say, Bamboo Bears in that. 
but it definitely is something that you would not expect to see, especially from the uh, the Pokemon franchise. Yeah. Yep. And uh, sadly, <laughs> our uh, new co-host has has left for a little bit, but that's okay. Yep. Maybe he'll return before we uh, finish. And right, yeah, now it's time for the uh, patent pending Dragonist scale, <laughs> and where we rank the Dragonesses. Today we're going to rank II, and this is going to be something very interesting because II is clearly the center of the show. She is clearly the best part of the show by yeah. a wide, wide margin. I mean, Hell she yeah. easily is probably the only good thing about this show, to be honest. And it, but the problem is, is you know, normally that would result in an extremely high, high ranking. But then we have to go on the bell curve that is the rest of Bamboo Bears. Yeah. Because I, I herself would be, if this is like a well-animated, well-paced uh, show, I, I would easily be looking at a 9, maybe even perfect 10 out of 10, to be honest. But yeah. the problem is, is that Bamboo Bears itself is not a good show. She's a great character. She is a perfect character who yeah. deserves a lot more love. She has a great design, great voice, great everything. Unfortunately, they reused animation with her as well, mm. so that knocks down a few points, but a little quibble there. But I just feel, again, if Bamboo Bears is a competent show, maybe a competent company with like relatively you know decent animation and decent voice acting in that, she would get an extremely high score. Unfortunately, because of that, I can't go any higher, and I really hate to do this, than 7 out of 10 for her. The reason I'm doing yeah. giving her that low of a score, again, is because relative to everything around her, she, she is a 10 out of 10. But when you, you, when you don't look at I.I. in just a vacuum, when you look at her with the entire rest of the series around her and rest of this episode... It really, really is a, it's a shame because, again, mm. she's a great, great character. And it would be great if they could actually do something with her, you know, in this show or sometime in the future. I have no idea who owns the rights to this or if there even are any right holders. There yeah. has to be because they're uploaded to YouTube. But who knows? Maybe it's public domain and anyone can do anything they want with I.I. I'm not it saying is. that she is. I'm just saying that it's a possibility because... Again, this show is just a fever dream, but I.I. is something that you would remember for the right reasons in a show that was probably made for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. Mm. So, uh, Angron? Oh, boy. Okay. Mm. So, I agree she is the better character of this show, for the most part. But I will have to say that despite having like some charm and overall and overall just being like a pretty uh, perky character, all things considered. She's, shall we say, a bit on the basic side. So for that reason... I'm going to have to give her a 7 out of 10 as well. I would say 6 out of 10, but she's a little better than that, I feel. Okay, all good. Uh, Striker, what would you have to say? Same, 7 out of 10. She was the best mm. thing about the show. Anything that you want to add with like, the reasoning in that? Uh, honestly, not really, other than just she was the best thing about the show. Okay, so, uh, so far, it's, it's uh, unanimous. Uh, Jordan? 
Uh, I've never heard of this show, uh, but if I did, I would probably agree with 7 out of 10. Okay, wow. We might actually get a perfect score across the board. Let's just see what uh, Lucky Evie has to say. I'm looking at design, and I really like it, so... Yeah. You're going to go with 7 as well? Yeah. Wow, I think... Yeah, I believe that is the that is the first time in the history of this podcast in all uh, 41 episodes. Uh, actually, no, it's actually the first time since Maleficent. Wow. So since from 40, it took us 40 more episodes to get to a dragoness that got a universal score across the board. Maleficent got 8 out of 10s all across the board, and I.I. got a 7 out of 10s. Of course, we're going to eventually redo Maleficent, but we'll cross that bridge uh, when it comes. So, and yeah. it seems. Yep. And yep. So that I is it. I found like a figurine of her. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. A uh, little bit of an uh, update here, people. Uh, there apparently exists or existed Bamboo Bears merchandise. Right now, we are looking at a picture of what is a pencil sharpener or pencil eraser or something of II. It's a cute statue. So this show must have done somewhat well enough to actually get merchandise of it. Mm. Wow, that wow. that is a pretty big shock right there. Uh, there's also there's also much for, there's also one for the other characters too. Uh, yeah, so apparently this show was popular enough to get merchandise, but I have no idea that this existed at all. I did not find this in my notes. So wow, yeah. Uh, huh. Bamboo Bears a show, a uh, show that is so obscure it has no Wikipedia article, basically. But it was uh, not so obscure that I actually got merchandise of it. I think that's the perfect way to wrap up this discussion of this show with a little bit of extra bonus weirdness for you. If you have any questions, or if you want to tell us how you would make I.I. the main character of the show, feel free to email us at fierydiscourse at outlook.com or visit us on Twitter at twitter.com slash discourse. Next time, we'll be talking about the 1996 The New Adventures of Flash Gordon episode, The Invisible Claw. It'll be really interesting to talk about this uh, bit of pulp sci-fi uh, heroism here. And until next mm. week, thank you, guys, thank you guys so much for watching, and take care. Later. Bye. See you. Adios. Peace.